Let's see. Thank you. All right. So. We are on page Nunches Noach today. 58a. We are going to... Um, We're going to start at the two dots at the bottom of Nun Zayin on news of 57b. And um, we're continuing on with the service of Yom Kippur. You get such an appreciation of how much was going on that day, really. So um, we, uh, yesterday we were talking about uh, after they did the spritzes inside the Holy of Holies, there were more spritzes outside the Holy of Holies uh, in the sanctuary towards the curtain. And uh, the issue was uh, whether or not they hit the curtain. They hit the curtain by mistake. Did they hit the curtain on purpose? Uh, that, was the, that was part of the question with those spritzes. And now we're getting ready for the next, uh, next uh, voda to come up. And uh, it's with the same uh, blood that was used before, the blood of the cow and the goat. Uh, they, it says that they mixed it together. And now there's going to be an application. Again, what, you use that blood uh, in the um, Holy of Holies, and you use that blood towards the curtain in the sanctuary, and now you're going to apply some of that blood to the inner altar. That's what we're going to get to. Um, we have, you may want to look at your picture books. The, uh, uh, the, the, the inner altar is the small one. In other words, not the big one that's, uh, that's in the... Um, uh, in the courtyard. If you remember, the big one was in the courtyard, but he's in the, he's in the holy, and he's going to go to that little small, uh, the little small, this is the big one, and this is the small one. I don't know if you have the, uh, the picture. This is the, the big one, and then this is going to be the small one that he's going to go to, the small one. So, uh, and he's near the small one, because, uh, in fact, that's going to be one of our questions is, is he like between the curtains and the art, uh, the alt mizbeach? Exactly, where does he, where does he stand? So, uh, but uh, the, before we get there, the question is, how do they? Uh, what do they do with these two bloods? So our Mishnah learned ira dama par the sok dama soyer that they mix the cow blood and the goat blood. So uh, that's one view actually, and our Mishnah is actually taking sides because there's a debate about that. Tani kamandi amram arvin lekarnos. Uh, that you mix together. Now, this word karen is the, usually means a horn. Uh, the corner of the altar, mizbeach, is called a horn. It's a, think of it, a horn is like sticks up. It's a, it also, karen also means a horn. So it, it's the blood that's going to be applied to the corners is going to get mixed. Now, uh, but our Mishnah is taking sides that, that it, get, it gets applied as a mix. There's another view that it isn't mixed that they're each uh, applied separately. Uh, so that's going to, uh, the question is, who holds it should be mixed, and who holds it separate? So it happens to be the two sages that argue about it uh, are quoted in several different places. And the question is, if we can figure out which sage is it that, are, uh, that holds in our Mishnah, that they're mixed. So the Gemara says, Itmar, we learned of Yashar of Yonason. These are the two great sages. One of them said, Morvin, you do mix it. Vachad, the other one says, you don't. But the problem is, we don't know who said what. So can we figure out uh, from uh, other places who said what? 
So the Gemara says, yes, we can. Tistayim. I can bring a proof that Rabbi Yasha is the one who says you mix it. Why? Because uh, there is another place. We quoted this briefly yesterday. We don't have so much time to get into it. But this is by, uh, there's a question. The Torah says that a person curses their mom and dad. They are in big trouble. But the question is, uh, if they curse them, they have to curse both or do they curse them singly? Uh, that, that was a question in interpreting that verse. So uh, he says that even if it didn't write together, I would have known if he curses both. And so therefore, it's even if he curses them individually, we're going to throw the book at him. Which, uh, if a person curses their mother, they should get the book thrown at them. Okay. But uh, the question is, there, there's an extreme penalty for, uh, for doing that. So uh, he, you, you can't give the death sentence for anything that's not explicit in a Pusik. In other words, even if you want to, you can't. You ha- it has to say clearly. But if it says you only give the death sentence when you curse your mother and your father, so he's got to do both together. Otherwise, so the, he, he said, um, even if it didn't say together, I would have known that. And therefore, uh, the way it says it, I understand. Again, the Rashi gets into the drasha. But basically, he says it doesn't have to say together to mean together. So here also, it doesn't have to say that it's mixed to mean that it's mixed. So he's probably the opinion that holds that it's mixed. So Morris said that's, it is true that he probably holds that it's mixed, but not necessarily. Even the other view of Filutemir Abionison, three lines from the bottom, Shani Hacha Dexiv Over here, the Pusik says like you do one. It sounds like you, you bring it as one to apply it. How do you bring it two different bloods as one? So uh, almost everybody would agree over here that you're mixing them. How else do you get Achas? So therefore, whatever they hold in other places, that's not going to tell you necessarily what they hold over here. Uh, so, but the Morris says, Tane de lo <laughs> Let's bring a proof not like what we just said, which is that, uh, that it's not that both views hold they're mixed, but we can show you who holds that they're mixed and who holds that they're not. Um, that's an unusual expression. Tanya, we learned, de lo We can bring you, we're going to bring a proof not like the answer that we just said, we can do that Rashi, uh, last line of the page. We said, well, maybe Rabbi Yonason also agrees over here that it's mixed together. And he said, no, we, we're going to now show you that we were right the first time when what we thought, that it's Rabbi Yasha. And where is that? Uh, it says, You take the blood of the cow and the blood, uh, uh, the blood of the guy. I like saying cow better than bull, but it's a bull. Okay, you take it together, Shayam Orvin. And so the first view is you take it together, Yasha. So this says it clear as day, that the blood's mixed. And the one who says it, this is an exact quote. We didn't know that before. In other words, the, the version we quoted before didn't say who said what. But this Bryce says clearly, Rabbi Yasha is the one who says you mix the blood. As we turn to today's page. Reb Yonason says, no, mazir neatzmo, mazir neatzmo. He says, you spritz them separate. Oh, Merlo, Reb Yasha, well, what do you mean? It says achas. It says one. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Oh, Merlo, Reb Yonason, lo varnam remidama par midamaser. It says both. What are you going to do with that? Again, they're fighting it out in the Gemara. So, im kein lama namer achas. Why does it say one? Lama lach achas v'lo shtayim. It's telling you one and not two. Midama par achas v'lo shtayim. Midam hasor. Uh, it's, it's telling you that it's only one application and not uh, two. Um, the one is telling you that it's um, one, of each. one of each, yeah. Why does it say achas? Achas v'lo shtayim. Midam apar achas v'lo shtayim midam. 
Velo shtai. Nidamesir. So it's 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 only done once. Okay, fine. Um, Tanya idach, and we learned in another play, another brice. So midama par midamesir sheim urvin zebeza. So it says they're mixed. Ata omer sheim urvin. Do you say they're mixed? Oh, ella ella misa bifneatzmo. Maybe you do it separate. Tamulomer achas. And who is that? That's Karibyasha. So again, there are two views about this particular service. Was the blood mixed together or not? And clearly, it sounds again like Rabbi Yasha is the one who holds you mix the bloods together, and that's the view of our Mishnah. Okay, then we finish that. So uh, now the only problem is this. If you assume you mix them together, you've got two vessels. You've got the, the, the one that was used for the cow blood, the bull blood, and the one that's used for the goat blood. So what do you do with the empty vessel? Like what do you? So we learned no sin as a mole berekin. Um You put the uh, full one in the empty one. Uh, you, in other words, one of them is emptied out. So boy mine rami barchama rechiste niak mizrach besok mizrach. Can you like put one inside the other? Uh, like hold them together now. In other words, you you fill one up and you can you double it up because you got the two. Uh, the two bowls. So they're not the same size in the bowls, then, right? Right, right. Or, or they're somehow they fit into it. It's like a cone uh, shape, oh, so maybe okay. it slides in. Yeah. So can you put one inside the other? Uh, would that work? So uh, uh, we're, we're not asking in our service. We're asking in general, and then we're going to bring a proof from our service. Do you ever have this concept of uh, one's inside the other is the question. Can you take divine vessels and do a double? So, uh, so we do have a concept that when you have, uh, you have to have the blood in the vessel directly, and if the, the vessel's inside another vessel, it's not actually touching the walls of the vessel because it's inside something else. Oh, Or would you argue they're both vessels, so who cares? It's min bimino, they're both, they're both good. It's all good over here. It's a, right, that's right. So so he said, let's bring a proof from our Mishnah. Tani moli It said that you take the full one and you put it in the empty one. My love, Hoshi Mizrach Mole Lusok Mizrach Isn't the case of our Mishnah that you double them up? You take the the you got this big heavy one and you put you double it uh, so that it's easy. Sometimes it's easier to carry like that. It's more sturdy. I don't know. You put it. I don't know why he did it, but we learned that that's that's probably what he did. Is he doubled up? He took the two two bowls and put one inside the other. And so we this proves that that's a valid form of doing service is to double up. The more says no, maybe that's not what's going on over here. What's going on? Ira mizrech mizrech rekem. What we're saying is you do the you know if you want to mix them you got to do like the. Uh, um, Pour like you know back and forth like uh, you do like a, so it's it's just telling chemical <laughs> I don't I don't think they had a stir. Oh, that's how they stirred it. That's how they stirred it, right? Uh, yeah, they did, but it doesn't mention that over here that they. So, right, so that's one of the details we got to figure out. Did they have the stir or not, or did they just you know I'm do sure the? Sure, they would need another Kohen doing that then, right? Both his hands were going back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so, uh, therefore, there's really no proof if that's what's going on over here. Uh, so, that, again, right now, we want to prove this issue with whether you can double up. So, the more it continues on, in other words, we, 
the reason that we got into this over here is because we thought we could prove from the Yom Kippur service, and the Moore is saying, no, it's not necessarily what was going on, that he doubled up, but that he might have been pouring from one into the other. So now the Gemara wants to continue and try to prove this. Tani Reisha Iradam, we just finished though, he says, we learned earlier, you poured the blood of the cow into the blood of the goat, Kadela Irvin Yafa Yafa, in order to make them mix well. So the bottom line is, from here, there's no proof that you actually did it with a double bowl at the same time. It just means that you did back and forth to mix. It's a tashma. But we want to know, can you do the double bowl or not? Or the double, whatever you want to call it, the double, uh, the double Mizrach. It's, uh, this, uh, it's like a bowl ladle kind of thing. So tashma. What happens if the Kohen who's doing the service is stepping on his fellow Kohen's foot? Uh, it's very crowded in there, and he didn't want to slip, and he put his foot back, and, he, and he's doing the spritz, or he's doing whatever, and then he, turn, he realizes that his feet aren't directly on the ground, but one of his feet was against his neighbor's foot, or he was standing on something. It wasn't the floor, he was standing on a vessel. Hustle. The vote is no good. So uh, what do you see? You see that one foot on top of another foot is no good. Well, why? The, a Kohen foot is, is where it's is, is, uh, is good. You've got a Kohen and he's got his foot on the ground. So why can't another Kohen put his foot on top of that foot? It's not a chatzitza. It's a min bimino. That's the... <laughs> You're on my foot, right? That's right. So, uh, uh, so again, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting comparison. We're comparing one vessel inside another to one foot on top of another foot. And if one foot on top of another foot is no good, so then one vessel on top of another vessel should know. The Kohen is really just a vessel over here. That's, that's, the, that's the idea. So the Morris said, now, this isn't a good proof. He's not going to leave his foot there. Uh, meaning that it's a, a foot is definitely a temporary uh, type of thing. You can't really say that uh, the, the foot is... Um, uh, it's not a good comparison. The reason that being on top of his foot is no good is that there's no permanence to being on someone else's foot. He's not really loaning you his foot. If you have one vessel inside another, it could be that you like to double your vessels up. Some people, they drink their coffee in two cups. That's just the way, you know, so you can't prove it from there. That's answer number one. Or some people learn the whole question different. It's not so much a question of interposition, even if it's not an interposition. Do, do you serve a king with a double cup? with a double vessel. Is that considered a normal way to serve uh, the Almighty? So then, Tashma, so more broader food. The verse seems to imply that there is such a thing as doing a double, two vessels in one. Uh, so as far as that, uh, as far as doing a two-vessel service, that seems like uh, that would be acceptable. Um, Okay, next question. <coughs> he had the following question. Once we open the questions, uh, there are many questions. So he's the following. What about if you put a leaf inside uh, your cup? You had a leaf there. It's more like a sponge. I don't know why you would do this. Uh, maybe it helps absorb the blood or doesn't absorb the blood. And then, but the bottom line is, after you receive the blood, 
you see that there's something in your vessel. Maybe they cleaned it out and they left this little uh, palm leaf in there. The question is, does that blow the service? So uh, again, somebody had left a sieve, like a leaf, inside the vessel that you received the blood. And you used it. Mahu, min b'shenu minu chotzes. This is something that doesn't belong there. You've got a, a, a palm leaf or whatever in the middle of your blood. So that, and the blood is supposed to touch the walls of the, uh, of the divine vessel. Oh, or maybe not. So do you say, Over here, the leaf, the blood goes right through it. It's like a very thin piece of paper or something. Like the blood goes right through the leaf. So maybe it's not an interposition because it just shrivels up into the blood. It doesn't, uh, it's not a blockage. Oh, Dilma, Loshna, or no, maybe not. So that's the question. If you have some kind of thin uh, little nothing there, would that be an interposition? Uh, think about if you toiled something in the mikvah and you had like a piece of grass stuck on it, right? So, or something that's not, that's flimsy, the water will go around it. It's not a problem. It's only like a label that's like stuck on it. That there would, over here, this is like something flimsy that the, that the blood will go right through. So maybe it's not an interposition. So let's see. Amelie uh, Tanino, we learn that uh, what happens if you're doing some sprinkling, you're doing some paraduma sprinkling, and um, what's going on, paraduma? Yeah, you're doing some paraduma sprinkling, and they have like a sponge in there. Uh, so you're allowed to have a sponge in the container. That's a spook. So you see um, that it's uh, no problem. The, uh, the, uh, it's not an interposition to have something inside the vessel. The Lord said, Shani Maya de Kalish. That's not a proof, really, because water is different. Over there, it's water in the vessel, and the water goes totally through the sponge. But blood is thicker. Blood is thicker than water, as they have that expression. That's what uh, uh, Rashi says over here. Let's see, Rashi, the blood thicker than... I, we, in English, we use it to say that relatives are, are, are stronger blood than, than non-relatives, right? Isn't that how they use blood thicker than water? Mm-hmm. But that's what Rashi says over here. Shari my water is not so thick. The water is going to go totally through the sponge. But blood won't totally go through. So our question is this, you're receiving blood in a bowl, and the bowl has some kind of piece of grass or palm leaf or something there. Does that palm leaf prevent the blood from fully touching the, si- the, uh, the walls of the vessel? So we had a case where there was water inside a vessel for the paraduma, and the water, there was some kind of sponge there, it was okay. But we're saying it's because water has no thickness to it, and so the water will go right through something. But blood is thicker than water, and so blood maybe doesn't go through something, and therefore maybe it's no good. So ikidyami pashatle bedam kasher. Actually, uh, we have a, uh, some people say that they, uh, the blood also goes through. And so if there's just a leaf, like a flimsy leaf or a piece of uh, paper or something, uh, the, even blood will go. It's not, blood is thicker than water, but it's not that thick. But comets, but if you're doing flour, and the flower has a leaf in between the flower and the vessel, no way, Jose, puzzle, because the, a solid isn't going to go through. In other words, if you have liquids, if you have a liquid, it might go totally through the, uh, you know, this kind of leaf, It'll, it, it, it cuts through. Uh, whereas if you had a solid and then you had a piece of paper, so I, I always get this question in, in Hashkocha, somebody used like a, a, uh, a par of, 
uh, baking pan and they put paper down. And so they wanted, and they, they goofed and they put, they baked a dairy thing. But they said, but I had paper underneath. So they want to know if the paper saved the pan. So paper typically doesn't, the, uh, doesn't do the trick because things go right through it. Now, if they had foil on it, then there's what to talk about. But paper is, it goes, so our question here is this, this leaf is like paper. It, it, the water or the blood go right through it. Uh, uh, but he's saying flour doesn't go, th- but I, I get that question like at least once a month. Because uh, uh, you have people that make mistakes, but today most people bake on top of paper, but the paper is designed to be the, you know, the, when you pull, pull up the paper, you see there's like oil and stuff underneath. It, go, it goes through. Whereas uh, so if you actually had used a foil, then that it could be it didn't go through, depending on how, how the foil did or not. But over here, we're saying the blood or water will go through the leaf. Whereas if you were totally dry and you just put flour on top of a paper, then it would, it would save the day. We're t- I'm talking about in an oven use. In an oven use, then. The, uh, but okay, at any rate, as we turn the page. Whoa, we got, so now we go to the new mission. So now the Kohen Gadol, if he, he mixed the blood together, and uh, he used one or two vessels, depending on how you learned that before. And now he's headed to the Mizbeach. Got some uh, uh, pictures here. Uh, he goes to the Mizbeach. Uh, which one? Zem Mizbeach Hazav. He goes, it's the gold altar. So Hiskel Machta Viyorid. So now he begins a new service. And uh, this one is the, uh, the dripping of the blood on the top of the altar. Uh, this is a much smaller uh, Mizbeach. He's standing on top. Uh, he's standing above, and he's going below. So that's what it means. Makta uh, v'yorid. So now the fa- question is, where does he start? Here's the picture here. I don't know if you want to. It's the. Uh, um, see where he drips his finger. That's mm-hmm. the. That's the makta v'yorid over there. Um, oh, so, so that's why they call that a karen. Yeah. Mm. Like that? That's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the inner altar, right? Yep. That's the smaller inner altar that he's beginning the service. So. The holy, yeah. not the holy of holy, inside the sanctuary, right? So mehekahu maskil. So the only question is, which one comes first? And uh, as we know, again, the order is is everything in the base of English. Everything has a has a reason for it. So the first view is this is the order. Mikarin Mizrahi, Sphonius. He starts in the northeast. Sphonius. Then he goes to the northwest. Maravis Dromis. Then he goes to the southwest, and then uh, the southeast. Dromis Mizrachis. Yeah. Um, the same way he would do if he was doing a sin offering on the outer altar, that's how he would do it on this inner altar. Where Lazar says, no, you got the order all wrong. <laughs> he, st- he stood in his place, and he would do it. He doesn't have him going around. He has him staying in one spot. And he says on all of them, he would go from below to above, except for the one that was near him, uh, that one he would go from above to below. And again, we'll see more in the Gemara how this played out. Um, next, he's, uh, so he did the four corners. Everybody agrees he does the four corners. The question is just the procedure for the four corners. Uh, but next, he's Alator Shomizbeg Shevapamim. Now he does the middle part of the Mizbeach, the seven times. That's the Tahar is called like the middle of the Mizbeach. It's called the, the pure part, the open part. Now he still has blood left. What do you do with the leftover blood? Now he takes the blood and goes out 
back to the outer altar and goes over there and pours it out over there. That's where the drain is, the and the in the in the foundation of the outer altar. That's where he pours it out. What does that mean? The middle. The middle of it. Yeah, yeah. But the Gemara is going to explain it why that word means middle. But that's what he. In other words, he did the corners, and now he's getting the middle. Okay. So, um, so then he takes whatever's left and he pours that out. Ayushofik, that's in the southern uh, drain over there. When you say the middle, like looking down in the middle of the top or the middle of the side? I don't know what you mean. It like the. Here, let's say this is the top of the Mizbeach. Right. You mean the middle of the top? Yes, yes, yes. Not the middle of the wall. Right, that's correct. Okay. Now, when these bloods go in the Mizbeach, I'm sorry, they go in the drain in the courtyard, they then float, the drain flows somewhere. So where does the drain flow? So all these bloods mixed in the Amma, and they go out into the uh, the uh, the brook of the Kidron. Uh, and uh, this, uh, all of a sudden they notice out of the drain, the blood starts flowing into the water. Now, this water with blood in it was very good water uh, for fertilizer. It has a lot of nutrients in it. Blood is very good fertilizer unit. And the base amygdala used to sell it, uh, this blood, to the farmers. You know, just imagine being able to use your kipper blood on your uh, uh, on your uh, apples or whatever on your uh, tomatoes. Uh, these tomatoes have the Yom Kippur service uh, flavor, right? So, uh, what happens though if you didn't feel like paying the base amigdash for it and you just went there and uh, did it? So then you're in trouble. So Nimkar Lazevel, these were sold for fertilizer and But if you don't pay for it, then you're in trouble. Okay, done, Rabbanan. Let's go back to the mark. It says he goes out to the altar. What's it coming to say? So now the question was, where was the Kohen standing uh, until now? When he spritzed towards the curtain, where was he standing? Go, we have to go back. Uh, if you remember, first he spritzed seven, uh, one and seven for the cow and one and seven for the goat in the Holy of Holies. Then he came out and he spritzed one and seven and one and seven again towards the curtain. Where was he standing then? Because it says after he did that, he then goes to the Mizbeach. So uh, that's, what, that's where I'm now trying to figure out where he was and where he's going. So Sir so Menachem explains, There's another service uh, where you bring the bull for mitzvahs, and there the Kohen stands outside the Mizbeach. He's further away. In other words, uh, let's see if we have a good picture here. Um, well, um, does the Cohen standing here when he spritzes, or is he standing, you know, that's not, um, if he's standing on the other side of the Mizbeach, then he's pretty far away. Yeah, I don't have a, uh, an exact picture here, the one I'm looking for. Oh, I'm probably in the not, not in the right place. Okay, one second. Yeah, he doesn't show that. But the question is, for that particular service of the Parabah called Mitzvah, so he's standing on the other side of the Mizbeach, Umazah Prokas, and he spritzes towards the curtain, which is far away. 
Vishashu Maza. So since for that service the Kohen is standing further away on the other side of the Mizbeach, so Yochel Avzukain. So I would have thought in Yom Kippur he's also standing on, over there. Maybe that's the spot you stand when you sprinkle. No. This service, he's close to the curtain, and now he goes uh, back to the Mizbeach. He's going from west to east. Yeah. Where is he? He's in between the Mizbeach and the curtains. We learned somewhere else in Nehashem. It says in front of Hashem. My Tamil Lomar, what's it come to teach you? You find by the blood sprinkling done by the cow and the goat of Yom Kippur, in that case, the Kohen is standing in between the Mizbeach and the curtains, and he does the Shpritz ala Parochas. So, since that's the Shpritz location, so I would have thought for this offering also, Talmud Lomar, Mizbeach and Torah, says, Sami Livnei Hashem, Meshab Olamoid, Mizbeach Livnei Hashem, Ve'en Kohen Livnei Hashem. The Mizbeach is in front of Hashem. In this case, he's not. Ha-Kate said, Omi Chutzim Mizbeach Umaza. Here he's standing outside the Mizbeach and Shpritzing. Here means when he's bringing the offering uh, where they had a, a, rule, a wrong ruling about uh, the Sanhedrin had a mistaken ruling and they're bringing the bull. So we're just pointing out that even though there's two different services where there's the spritz towards the curtain, those, the Kohen stands in a different place. On Yom Kippur, he's uh, on the other side of the Mizbeach, whereas when he does parakol bal mitzvahs, he's, he's all the way further back. And the, the, the way we see it for our mission is because over here it says, now he goes to the Mizbeach, so you see that he wasn't at the Mizbeach when he did the spritz. So it's two different spots uh, for that spritz. Okay, then we continue on uh, in explaining the Mishnah, and we quoted the two different opinions about the, uh, what, uh, which corner of the Mizbeach he did first. So Tan Rabban, he begins to do the, the, blood, uh, the blood service. Where does he begin from? So he begins in the uh, southeast. Then he goes to southwest. Then he goes to uh, the uh, northwest. And then Svonis in the northeast. That's Rebbe Kiva. Rebbe Yosei, he says no. He starts at the northeast. Svonis is northwest. Then he goes to the southwest. And southeast. So there are two opinions. Basically, they're go- each one's going the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where Rabbi Yossi says you start, Sham Rabbi Kiva Posig. Rabbi Kiva has you finishing there. Like, uh, so, Makam Shrevi Kiva Maskil, the place where Rabbi Kiva starts, Sham Rabbi Yossi It's actually kind of easy to see the Maklokas because they just each one's going the other way, you know. So, but the Kuli Alma, Miu Bekir, and the Pug of Arisha, Lo Ovid. But everybody agrees that you don't start with the first one that you hit. You tend to, you you skip around that. What's the, normally we don't skip a mitzvah. Why don't, wouldn't you start with the closest one? My time is so. It says you go to the altar. It implies like you go past the mizbeach. That's this this view. Is this talking when you're coming in from the outside? No, Well, you're already out of the Kodesh Kedoshim. It's from where you're where you're going from the spritzing, which was done near the curtain, back to the mizbeach uh, for the. Oh, so you're, in, you're always in the now in the area, Right, that's right. So this doesn't mean you come out to the mizbeach. It means you go around. You skip the first corner. That that's what the Gemara says. Okay. 
Every, in other words, everybody agrees you don't hit the very first corner that you do. You start, you start to the, either to the left or to the right. Right, that's right. That's what the argument is, right? If you skip it, No, they both agree you skip one. The question is, do you skip and go to the left or you skip and go to the right? Oh, really? Yeah. Then why, if you're skipping one, why would the argument be that, you, uh, that you're... Oh, never mind, never mind. Because it says uh, you go around, it implies that you have to... You have yeah, to yeah. 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 Well, the Rebbe uh, so the question is, Rebbe Kiva is the harder one to understand because normally you always go to the right. Rebbe Kiva, there you mean. Uh, uh, you should go to the, uh, to the right. So maybe they're arguing in this uh, debate about whether in the base of Migdash you always got to go to the right. Uh, over there, there's the discussion about the, uh, they had a big mikvah, and it was called the King Solomon Sea. That was the nickname. He, he had like an above-ground jacuzzi. Like, I don't know if that's the right word, but a big, a big mini pool there that was the Yam Shoshlamo. Okay, so Ahmed Al Shnei Master Bucker, and it had like the base of it had like twelve cows. Shlosha Ponim Svona, and they were facing the north. Shlosha three to the north, three to the south, three to the east, three to the west. and on top of these cows, it was actually an underground um, well, and this was the like surrounded the this underground well that they used for the mikvah. The Kol Achreim Besa. Um, and the Kol Achreim Besa. And the. I think this means. Um, the, the, uh, basically, he had to go around it. You see from the uh, way that they went to this um, uh, this mikvah, they always went from the right around it. So that's Rabbi Bar Yechuskel's teaching that everything in the base of Migdash you have to do the right. I mean, you might argue that's not an avoda yet. You're just getting uh, washing. You're just uh, going to the mikvah. So Lamar Islaid Rabbi Yechuskel. One opinion says we agree with him that you always do the right for no matter what you do. Umar Leslade Rabbi Yechaskel and uh, Rabbi Kiva, he holds no. So maybe that's the argument over here. Are you bound to the right rule? The rule that you always got to be on the right side of the base of Migdash. So maybe that's our argument here in the Mishnah. Morris says, no, not necessarily. Kuli Alma, everybody could agree with Rabbi Bar Yechaskel that we go with the right rule, that you always start on the right. So then why are they arguing over here about this blood service? Bahaka, this Mar Sabra Yafin This is an inside service. He was the right rule is in the outside in this in the uh, in in the courtyard, but here we're inside. Sometimes the rules are different inside. Um, so uh, that maybe that's the debate. And what does Rabbi Kiva hold? Even if you don't learn out the inside from the outside, you still could do it right. Even if you don't learn. Even if it's not everything on the outside applies to the inside, e boy hachi nevet, e boy hachi, you could still do it that way. So, um, so why? What? In other words, the question is: Are we bound to the right rule? So maybe that's the argument: Are you bound to the right rule? But even if you're not bound to the right rule, why would you go out of your way to go to the left? That's the question. 
So Amar Lach Rebbe Akiva Medina Bahu Karen the Pug of Eresha Bahu of Eresha. Really, the the corner that you hit first, you should do first. Why Dom Reish Lachish Ain Mavir and Alam Mitzvahs? Because we have the famous rule, you don't pass a mitzvah. Ba Milo Avid. So why don't you do it over here? Mishum Niksiv Yotze Alam Mizbeach. Because the Pusik said that you go around the Mizbeach, Adenafik Mikulam Mizbeach. So it says that you have to pass around. So he says that since you go around, you've got to start with the one that you went around. You've got to come back to that one, and that makes you starting on the left, is, is the way he... In other words, the first one that you hit in your circle around, so you go around and then hit the one that you passed around. And so if you hit that one, that makes that, that's the reason why you start at the left. But um, we're in the middle of it, and we'll have to finish this debate tomorrow.